Thank you for downloading or podcasting this track. This recording has been remastered to provide the best sound possible given the audio environment of the original recording session. Mosaic Silver Spring is a faith community located just inside the Capitol Beltway in Montgomery County. For more information, please visit our website, www.mosaicsilverspring.org, and we'll see you in the neighborhood. Good morning. Um, Today I'll be reading Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is in the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the the word of the Lord. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, God, thank you um, for these lessons that you are teaching us. God, thank you for your words of wisdom. Lord, I pray for Dan as he preaches to us. I pray that the Holy Spirit be at work in him. I pray that for those of us listening, that we're able to set aside our concerns of the day and just open our hearts and our minds to what you have to teach us. God, I thank you for your wisdom and for your guidance and for your love. And I lift us all up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Raquel. In our household, uh, one of the comfort shows that we have, uh, one of the genres of TV that we watch when we're in between a series, uh, are cooking competitions. Uh, And this is not limited to one competition, uh, but one popular challenge you see is where contestants need to create a dish without a recipe. In these shows, the contestants might be given a a skeleton outline of the things that need to be done, Or maybe they're just left completely in the dark, and the whole, I guess, gag of the show is just trying to figure out something without any prior experience. And whatever the setup might be, the bottom line is that uh, they cannot use any prior uh, practice. They cannot study what is being done. It is a challenge that is presented before them, and they have to use their own skills and their own abilities to figure out how to get it done. Think of, uh, for a few examples, the technical challenge of the Great British Bake Off, or uh, if you like, uh, if you follow the Try Guys, think of Without a Recipe, which is literally them just trying to make stuff up without a recipe. So the surpri- again, the surprise of the challenge might just be to uh, play it up for laughs as they make really big mistakes if you have any background in cooking. Or maybe it adds tension to the competition. Uh, but, you know, whatever the case, as we watch these shows in our spare time, we realize, and I at least am blown away by the fact that all these contestants can use their prior knowledge, their experience, years of baking, years of cooking, the foundational knowledge of what it means to make a certain dish, they could use all of that to craft something relatively close to what the judges want. 
So as crazy as it might be, as uh, funny as it can be at times, at the end of the day, uh, they are surprisingly much closer to the mark than I ever could have done on my own. Even if they have never made the dish, even if there are no cooking temperatures or times or specific amounts of ingredients listed, they can use their knowledge and experience to craft a still quality product. I mean, when it, when it comes to cooking, it's pretty clear whether you've created the right dish or not. Uh, at the end of the day, you can't really make bread without some sort of flour, some fat or oil, or some rising agent. Uh, but what happens as we look beyond the realm of cooking and into all of life, what happens when you are faced with unfamiliar situations? See, that is what Proverbs and wisdom literature as a whole seeks to flesh out. How do we live in the gray, so to speak? How do we live life when there is no set recipe for what is a good life? I mean, of course, Scripture gives us the law, the foundational principles uh, that God calls us to follow, even as we studied the Ten Commandments last fall. But as we work through the hard issues of life, we can find out very quickly that we may, face er that we may be in situations where the answer is not so clean-cut. So wisdom then, while it might be related to how God calls us to live, it is taking the law, these foundational principles that God gives us, and synthesizing it as we navigate life in real time. It's about using the principles that we've been given uh, when we don't have time to prepare beforehand, or when we have to make split-second decisions, where we, or where we have to use the knowledge and experience of those before us to learn from and adapt and move forward. That is what the introduction of Proverbs is trying to get at, and our series is trying to do this January. And so as we look at this introduction to wisdom, I want to unpack it in three points. First, the scope of wisdom. Second, the source of wisdom. And last, savoring wisdom. The scope, the source, and to savor wisdom. As we look at um, this passage from a 50,000-foot view, uh, we could see that this passage, to understand wisdom, is a lot about knowing. It speaks a lot about knowledge, instruction, understanding. But as I mentioned earlier, King Solomon and all the other writers and Proverbs are less concerned about the ability to memorize facts but are more concerned, again, with the synthesizing, with the taking and applying those truths in our day-to-day -day lives. And so as we look at the book of Proverbs, as, they are, as King Solomon sets up this text, uh, he is trying to model for us uh, how we can approach life wisely. Again, this is not some sort of cookbook or encyclopedia where we could quickly reference what we need to do in X situation. Again, he is, instead, he is showing us that in certain situations, here is how we have thought through it. So when we think about scope, first I want to think about how do we approach Proverbs, how do we approach wisdom literature as a whole. Just as uh, the writers of Proverbs give us, in part, their wisdom, their experience, uh, a lot of times we, as we look at wisdom today, can look off of, again, the shoulders of those who come before us. And we can celebrate the many ways, even today, that wisdom is applied. 
One thing I do want to highlight is the wonderful work of the diaconal ministry team and by extension the mercy ministry team even here today. Because unfortunately there is no clear recipe to care for Montgomery County. Yet through all of 2022 and even years before that, uh, we can celebrate the fact that our DMT and our Mercy Ministry team have been practicing wisdom time and time again with the resources that we have available here as a church. And so we can celebrate uh, the, uh, the partnership with the Capital Area Food Bank. We can celebrate the intimacies of caring for the Afghan refugee community, whether through uh, helping uh, furnish a house, or even as down to tutoring English. That is part of the work of working through wisdom. How can we follow God and care for the community around us? Well, God gives us the principle, gives us the law to care for the foreigner, to care for those who are on the margins. We can work that out together as a community. We can learn from one another and we can take the experience and knowledge and gifts that are given within this community to grow and learn and become wise together. Secondly, the scope of wisdom encompasses people from all ages and backgrounds. See in verses 4 and 5 that whether you are young or old, we never graduate from the need to seek wisdom. It says in verse 4, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, Going on into verse 5, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Wisdom, then, is not merely just how old you are and the extra experiences you might have because of it, but it is the willingness to learn whether you are young, whether you are old and wise, and have some experience under your belt we all need to take time to study, to meditate, and to learn. Wisdom is a lifelong journey where we are all still students. Lastly, the scope of wisdom ultimately centers around morality. Again, we see throughout this text talking about knowledge, understanding, learning, but at the center of it all in verse 3, what are we seeking to learn? To uh, it says in verse 3, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So as we move forward through the book of Proverbs in the coming weeks, you will see this theme of wisdom and folly, the wise and the fool. And these are not, again, descriptions of how smart you are. It's not a description of how many degrees one might have, but it deals ultimately with whether or not we follow God in righteousness, justice, and equity, or if we follow the patterns of some sort of other idol who promises much and gives little. See, at the core of biblical wisdom is the theme and the focus of worship. It's not just learning quick facts. It's not learning about uh, just being the pragmatic, practical steps per se. At the core of it all, it is ultimately about worship. And so that, as we understand the scope of Proverbs and wisdom literature as a whole, then we are called to the source of wisdom. 
There might be uh, some exceptions to the rule, but across the board, you often hear uh, this, almost, this almost law that the book is better than the movie. Let's, let's just be real. The book is usually better than the movie. Um, in most cases, when you uh, see a series that is adapted into uh, a show or a movie, a lot of times uh, they don't always get the best ratings. That is because regardless of genre, it could be a superhero movie, it could just be a classic book made into a film, the film adaptation is always measured up to the source. Now, the movie, again, might be good on its own terms. It might be a decent movie, but because it is associated with the franchise, it is, because it is associated with all of the rich uh, history and world-building in these novels, when it finally comes to making it into a movie, uh, every adaptation or every uh, change in character, any minor plot revision, will usually leave the fan base saying, ah, that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not who that character is. Why is Luke Skywalker a grumpy old man? That doesn't make sense. Again, because we know the source, we, when we look at the adaptations, we, we try to measure it up and recognize, wow, the book is better than the movie. So when we come to verse 7, as we think about going to the source, as we measure up everything else according to the source material, uh, when we come to verse 7, the author of Hebrews is bringing us to that source, the source of all wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom which is uh, the beginning or the foundation of knowledge, as it says in verse 7. It must center around the source who is God himself. I do want to make a caveat. This does not mean that all Christians are the smartest people in the room or that non-Christians are, un are unintelligent. Again, that's not what the author is getting at. Uh, the point is that all wisdom, all true knowledge of what is right, what is just, and what is fair, it is ultimately found in God himself. There is no wisdom outside of who God is. Uh, and to maybe help unpack that statement, I do want to slow down on verse 7 together. Uh, how should we understand fear? Tremper Longman, an Old Testament scholar, he sums it up, I think, quite nicely, uh, where he says it can be um, utter terror, or it can be awe and reverence. But he says in his commentary, indisputable, however, is the basic premise that the fear of the Lord is to stand in a subservient position to him, to acknowledge one's dependence upon God. And so in the context of knowledge, it is to recognize there is no true knowledge without reference to God. The author of Hebrews says fear, but who do we fear? Not just God in a general sense, but he calls upon the name the Lord. It is the name that God gave to Moses in Exodus 3, where he was in the burning bush where he declared, I am. I am wholly independent. As creator of the world, he ordered the world and defined what is good. 
uh, as we are called to fear the Lord, we are called to trust and to depend upon this independent creator, God. Yet the Lord, as it talks about God's independence and, his, uh, and the fact that he cannot be compared to anything in this world, he is wholly other, uh, the name the Lord is special because it is the name that he gives his people when he enters into a relationship with them. Yes, he is the great sovereign creator God, but he is the relational God who creates a covenant with his people. This God, who does not depend on anyone or anything, chose to associate with humanity and gave us this name, and he entered into a relationship with us. Think about that for a moment. This God, the Lord, the source of all wisdom and knowledge, he has entered into a relationship with his people as he is working out true righteousness, true justice, and true equity throughout all of history. The Lord, the one who is not limited by time or power or energy, thought that it was good to enter into a relationship. More than that, he thought it was good to dwell among us as a man. This Jesus, the one who was declared to have wisdom greater than Solomon and all who came after him, this Jesus revealed true knowledge. He demonstrated perfect wisdom in his life as he engaged various groups of people. It was this Jesus who, in wisdom and humble submission to the Father, willingly gave up his life so that by faith we can truly become wise. Isn't that astounding? The one who could be utterly terrifying as judge of all the earth chose to pursue you and I in love. This God who could enact righteousness, justice, and equity chose to do it not with an iron fist, but through weakness. He chose to deal with our foolishness and our sin, not through punishment, but through grace. God, in his infinite wisdom, took on the payment of sin as he died on the cross, so that by faith we can experience true life and to perceive all of life clearly. It is because of this work of Jesus that Paul, the Apostle Paul, later in his letter to the Roman church, can wonder about God's work of salvation. He says, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has given him a gift that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That is a God worth following. That is a God worth turning to. He has something he has much more than something for us to learn from, to know, to trust in. And so as we enter into a new week, we have the opportunity to slow down, 
and wonder, just as Paul has demonstrated in his letters. We can reflect on the Lord, the source of wisdom, and how he offers it to us free of charge through Jesus. How he chose to bring about righteousness, justice, and equity, not by making us earn our way, to, uh, earn our way up to him to gain this knowledge, but by him coming down in love to us. May we rest in that this morning. May we rest in that. May we think about that through this coming week. This God, in all of his wisdom, chose to enter into this relationship with us. That also gives us perspective as we continue on reading through Proverbs individually at home. Uh, if you keep reading through the book of Proverbs, as we get past chapter 10, you'll realize uh, the, the writing style changes very dramatically, where instead of having a, a rich, uh, connected poetry, there are lots of short sayings that come about. Part of wondering about God's wisdom, part of practicing how to apply that wisdom in daily life involves not memorizing it like an encyclopedia, not uh, trying to refer to it as if it can just, we can just follow it like a recipe, but instead pondering about what they have to say, thinking through the insights that are given, and trying to connect that to who God is and everything he is doing right now, even today, as we look forward to eternity. May we as a church, never feel like we've graduated from the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God ultimately found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Let me pray. God, we thank you that you do not leave us to figure things out on our own, but you have given us yourself. You have given us your spirit. You have given us your word. You have given us community to work through it together. God, I pray that as we approach wisdom literature, as we seek to grow in understanding and wisdom in our daily lives, meet us here. Challenge us. Help us never assume that we have all the answers or we have life figured out. But may we come humbly recognizing that, Lord, you have pursued us and you offer something much greater than we can ever imagine. It is in your name we pray. Amen.